Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Thursday, May 25th. We begin with a conversation with former Mayor Nahed Nenshi. Mr. Nenshi has been quite vocal about his thoughts on the importance of the upcoming provincial election, specifically surrounding what he sees as issues with the current day UCP movement. Healthcare continues to be a critical issue for Alberta voters, perhaps now more than in previous provincial elections. We take a look at how the healthcare platforms and policies of the two major parties stack up with Bobby Joe Barodi, Vice President of the Alberta Union of Provincial Employees. And finally, it's our monthly chat with Deborah Yedlin, President and CEO of the Calgary Chamber. This time out, Deborah shares her thoughts on how the election could impact local businesses, depending on which party comes out on top May 29th. Former Calgary Mayor Nahed Nenshi has written a series of op-ed pieces about his concerns and trepidation around voting for the UCP in Monday's provincial election. Today, the final article will be released, and in it, uh, Nahed Nenshi reveals who he's voting for and the difficult choice that he says he's having to make this election. Joining us now to talk about why he's been so vocal during this election is Nahed Nenshi. Good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Long time no talk. Long time. I've done with this stuff for a while. I know, but here you are back again. And and I think people, you know, may have been hearing from you and former councillor Jeremy Farkas of late. You've been very vocal pre-election. Why exactly are you are you both now and you particularly taking the time to speak out? Well, I think this is an incredibly important election. And I think one of the things that we've seen over the last decade or so is the normalization of things that really ought not to be normalized. And what we're seeing in this election is, I think, a pretty stark choice. And, you know, my former colleague Jeremy Farkas, um, as you pointed out, has been very, very vocal about saying, look, I've been a conservative my whole life. You know, I grew up with a grandma who fought communism uh, in Hungary. And what I'm seeing in the UCP is just not a conservative party. It's something else. It's kind of a weird populism that is not really reflective of my conservative values. And this is something that I am seeing and hearing from so many people, you know, uh, that they just don't think the UCP is the law either the Klein party anymore. They really don't trust Danielle Smith. Um, who knows? She's very unpredictable. I think that's a charitable way of saying uh, that she'll just swing wildly from idea to idea. We don't know what to believe and what to trust. And so a lot of folks who have always voted conservative are saying to me, you know, what do I do now? <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot of people on Twitter who are like, those people don't exist. Oh, they exist. You know, I got an email from someone I don't know who found my private email address somewhere and he was really troubled and he just said i just have no idea what to do and you know jeremy certainly has been very vocal uh, in saying that he does not think that a vote for daniel smith is a good idea for the conservative movement going forward and so i've done as you say a lot of analysis on this uh, and fundamentally i'm really trying to say for people who have traditionally leaned conservative you know what are your choices and and not any of them are good uh, you know, they're kind of all hold your nose choices. You know, hold your nose and vote for Danielle Smith in the hopes that a good version of her will emerge, or as many UCP candidates are saying at the door, vote for us and we'll get rid of her after the election. And, and I can talk about why that's not a bad idea, a very bad idea. <laughs> uh, the second is just don't vote. Let someone else make the decision for you. And the third is hold your nose and vote for the NDP. Um, but does that make you a socialist? Does that make you NDP forever? 
Uh, and, you know, fundamentally, I don't think that's true. And I think that we all need to be a little more fluid in how we think about voting for the best person in the circumstances before us. Okay, we, we have to, and I'm, I'm going to put this uh, in my words, anecdotally say that a lot of these canvassers are saying vote for UCP, vote for Danielle, and there will be a change in leadership. I, I've not experienced that. That's why I'm saying anecdotally. Um, but mm-hmm. if that was the case, if you can you know, backtrack and you say you'll explain why, why would that not be a good strategy if people are saying that the leader would be changed if a victory were to happen? So I'm just going to be very blunt with you. You know, during the time when Jason Kenney was premier, and the funny thing about me, I should back up and just explain something, you know, that, that might surprise some folks uh, listening. I really am purple. I believe in that. I believe in red and blue and, and, you know, not just being in the political center, but really trying to understand what's right for the moment. I voted conservative. I voted liberal. I voted NDP. Um, I'm kind of an acceptable vote um, in that way. And so as a result, kind of I talk to people from across the political spectrum. When Jason Kenney was the premier, I would regularly hear from moderate conservatives in the room, sometimes in the cabinet room, saying they were very frustrated with him, um, but they were too scared or too unwilling to take any action. And in the end, they let sort of the, the, the more right-wing fringe of the party do their dirty work for them, and, and look what happened. So if, let's say, that the polls are correct, and let's say that Smith uh, pulls out a narrow victory uh, on Monday... She will have a caucus that will be very largely rural. Uh, She will have lost many of her seats in Calgary. Most of the quote-unquote moderate conservatives have already left uh, or are at risk of losing their seats. So you're going to have a very sort of take-back Alberta caucus. And I always ask the question, take-back Alberta from whom? But that's besides the point. Um, And they're not going to move on Smith. Uh, It's going to be exactly like Kevin McCarthy in the U.S., where... The more radical members in a narrow um, in a narrow caucus will be the ones pulling the strings. The difference is that Kevin McCarthy, you know, is content to allow Marjorie Taylor Greene to pull the strings. And if you're going to follow that analogy in that scenario, Danielle Smith is Marjorie Taylor Greene. So she will actually be emboldened to do things on the pension plan, on all of the things on the curriculum, on all of the things that she's sort of not talking about during this election on replacing the RCMP in Alberta. Uh, so she's not going anywhere. And so that sort of idea that the moderates who were so quiet for so long will suddenly gain their voice is extremely unlikely. We'll be watching for your final op-ed piece coming out today. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you so much. And everybody, please do go out and vote. Even though there's nothing here, even though we're not seen to be voting for something, we're voting against something, and the, and the platforms have been uninspiring. The point is, go out and vote, and make sure that you're voting for the future that you believe in for this province, even if it's only for the next four years. Former Calgary Mayor Nahed Nenshi. During last week's leaders' debate, UCP leader Danielle Smith said they've talked to doctors and nurses and paramedics on the front lines. They've listened to them and implemented their ideas, and guess what? It's working. That's the quote from Danielle Smith. Joining us to discuss is Bobby Joe Barodi, Calgary Vice President with the Alberta Union of Provincial Employees. Good morning to you, Bobby Joe. Good morning. 
Well, let's say uh, before we get into the, the comments made by UCP leader Danielle Smith, and if you think that's a fit, uh, I want to talk about the Alberta Healthcare Professionals and the Alberta Union of Public uh, Provincial Employees. Rather, uh, how many professionals does your organization represent? Um, approximately 60,000 um, in healthcare combined, and that would be between um, our AHS uh, members as well as those that work in long term care. I would think there are many, especially coming out of the pandemic, but can you kind of give us the top concerns for healthcare professionals represented by the AUPE? What what are you hearing from the membership? Um, well, the, what we hear daily, of course, is the fact that they are, continue to work short-staffed, for sure. But essentially where we would like to see um, government prioritize we want stability within healthcare, um, and we also want to ensure that all of our members are fairly compensated for the work that they are doing, so that they can continue to do that work in Alberta, in Alberta for our most vulnerable members. Again, it was Danielle Smith, uh, UCP leader Danielle Smith, who said that they've listened. Uh, to doctors, nurses, and paramedics and implemented ideas that were presented and that it is working. So I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that. Uh, Do you and your membership feel like you're listened to and do you feel like progress has been made? Um, I would have to say no. Uh, When it comes to... um, consultation. I'm not quite sure that we feel that we have in fact been engaged appropriately. Um, A lot of times when healthcare or the public talks about nurses, they are talking about registered nurses and not about our LPNs or our healthcare aides or other folks who work in healthcare. So no, I don't believe the consultation has in fact trickled down to us. But with respect to is the problem fixed? uh, Categorically, no. Our members continue to work short every day. Um, We've heard a lot of promises about what they plan to do long term, but we don't see any real solutions for um, our short term crisis. So Bobby Joe, when you and AUPE members look at the two front runners in this campaign, who do you believe, at which party do you believe has a better plan to get Alberta's healthcare system off of life support? Um, well, as a nonpartisan union, um, I just want to make that clear first off. Um, however, we do um, analyze what each of the parties are sharing with respect to what their promises and plans are. And right now we see that the NDP party is promising an investment in, strictly in public health care and not-for-profit, whereas the UCP party um, continues to indicate that it plans to um, invest public dollars into private health care, and uh, that means privatization and higher costs and essentially a two- or three-tiered health care system. That's not something that um, our members support. Bobby Joe, uh, come Monday, we'll have the election results. I'm not sure if it'll be an early night or a late night, but uh, regardless of, of, of who wins the election, uh, how can the next provincial government address shortcomings in our health care system? I guess, what, what do you think should be prioritized if you could have a list of one, two, or three items? Um, I definitely think uh, fair wages uh, should be priority one. Um, I mean, it, it's incredibly difficult to recruit individuals to work within the province if they're not adequately compensated. And when I say adequate compensation, I don't just mean comparatively to other provinces. That is important, but we also need to consider that you need to be able to afford to live in this province. And so we need wages that support that. 
um, consultation with all members of healthcare, which includes the LPNs, the healthcare aides, and the folks who work in administrative and janitorial positions, for example, uh, would definitely be a priority. And we need to see a clear divergence from privatization. We pay for a public system here in Alberta, and we need to ensure that all of the dollars that go into um, the public system stay within the public system. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Really appreciate it, Bobby Joe. Not a problem. Thank you. Take care. Bobby Joe Barodi, Calgary Vice President with the Alberta Union of Provincial Employees. Well, it's it's crazy, Sue. And not only has healthcare been an issue and on the radar for Albertans for mm-hmm. longer than I can remember, the the quality, the conditions that the workers in the healthcare field, the frontline workers, have to deal with, and and now uh, hearing that interview. We have word that 200 Calgary ER doctors are warning in an open letter to Albertans that emergency departments are quote-unquote collapsing Mm -hmm. and are struggling to provide timely and effective care to patients. They say signs of a capacity crisis are everywhere. Wait times in Calgary Emerge departments skyrocketed. Patients waiting up to 15 hours to be seen by a doctor as they continue just to be get and sicker and sicker as they sit and wait for that. Um, it's about 190 doctors, so they're saying close to 200. Um, they say that's about 75% of those working at Calgary's four adult hospitals speaking out as independent physicians and not on behalf of Alberta Health Services or the Alberta Medical Association. They are speaking out as individual doctors to say we have a problem. It is not being fixed. There are not enough beds. There is not enough staff and something needs to be done. And healthcare clearly is and should be one of the big issues heading into this election as we're just days away from it now. And they just want Albertans to know we are in crisis mode in our hospitals Mm. And you need to think about that before you cast your vote. Well, and I would think that this, in any business, it doesn't matter your line of work, the you know contents of your organization. It's always better to hear from those people on the front lines and on the ground yeah, because the ones you can who are hear from it. yeah management or, or, sure. or reps. That doesn't matter. No different than radio and TV. We know how our, our workflow works. Sometimes you know higher level management, maybe across the country, might impose something. You say, mm-hmm. well, you don't know what it's like right here because we're here every day, and that's what the power is in having doctors come forward, I think. And, you know, some of these doctors say that there are many, many doctors in Alberta that are leaving this province because of the situation in our healthcare system here in Alberta. They're leaving for other work, leaving for other Mm -hmm. provinces. And there are about 650,000 Albertans, 650,000 Albertans who do not have a family doctor and cannot get one. And that's why they're going to ER. And they're clogging up the system, even though, you know, they need help, but that's not the correct place to go, but there's nowhere else. Yep. And then, you know, it's a trickle-down effect, and there's just, there's no help. There's no end in sight if we just continue on this path. Those numbers, that's about one in seven Albertans without a, without a doctor. And so. I see it all the time. It's I see friends pity. posting yeah. all the time. Hey, anybody have a doctor that's accepting patients? Hey, can anybody talk to their doctor and see if they can take, not even me, my kids. If you could yeah. just get my kids in, that would be there fantastic. So, so well, the reason we had this interview is, of course, the election day on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, how important is it to you? Because obviously it's important to many of us. If It should be important to all of us. But sure should. how much do you know about the policies and platforms of the both uh, major parties, the UCP and NDP? Have you done your due diligence? On that issue that? particularly. Huge. I mean, depending, you know, think about your age. What, what, do, you, what do you need? What, what are you point. going to need coming up? What system works best for your family out of these two mm-hmm. proposals, so to speak? You know, uh, dig into that. And also, i got to note a couple things here. Um, I did vote yesterday. Oh, yeah, yes. Um, it took me 10 minutes in and out. Okay. 
the advance vote. Make sure Easy you know. Peasy. Yeah, elections.ab.ca to find out where the advance, because they change days. It's not necessarily one was Tuesday straight to Saturday. Right, right, right. Might switch in your neighborhood. Know where you are. Bring a valid piece of government ID. And they have this. You like, just needed one thing, like your driver's license. That's exactly you were fine. It. Can you Didn't tell need the piece of paper that came to your mail. Don't need that. Okay. And what you do is you get this uh, secret folder. So you put your ballot, you go in the back, you know, behind the cardboard, yep. mark your little dot. Slide it into a folder that collapses, and the top part hangs out. So what it does is it feeds it into a machine, looks like almost a Xerox. It takes it in and dumps it into a cardboard barrel. So for posterity purposes, if there's a recount, they'll have the physical ballots. Yep. But it's already scanned my vote, and it's already oh. in the machine. So you I can see, see the numbers? Yeah, yeah, I could see a count of okay. 2,700. Not that that's what's for. I could see it. But, for example, on Monday night, when everything closes... All of the advanced votes are going to Already be tabulated. Tight. So it should be a little quicker. Huge. Well, a huge day on the, the advanced polls for sure. More than 317,460 Albertans have voted over the past couple of days. That's a two-day record for early turnout. Incredible. With just days until the provincial election, which political party appeals most to Calgary's business community? Joining us to talk about it is Deborah Yedlin, President and CEO of the Calgary Chamber. Hi, Deb. Thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning. Appreciate it. Obviously, it's the topic of the day. We're, we're days away from the provincial election. Have you heard enough, do you think, and, and are you hearing from your business community that you've heard enough from the two main leaders of the two main political parties in terms of what impact they might have on the business Business community. Well, you know, we look at it from a number of different perspectives, obviously. One is, you know, what, what's the tax environment? How do we stay competitive relative to other jurisdictions in Canada, but also to the other jurisdictions that we compete with? So let's talk about, you know, we look at the United States and we look at how we want to make sure that we have investment that stays here, especially for the energy sector. So we look at what the tax rate looks like, but we also look at things like healthcare. We look at education because if you want to attract people to the province, that's part of the equation too. Mm-hmm. So as a business, you want to be able to offer uh, your perspe- current and prospective employees, you know, the, the reasons to come work and play here. And part of that is, you know, good, you know, strong salaries, competitive tax rates, et cetera, that you can that can be passed on to your employees. But you also want to have the the other underpinnings that everybody expect, which is you know access to healthcare and good education systems. You mentioned individuals, but when we get back to tax tax policy for for these businesses, the importance can we gauge the importance of tax policy when it means bringing new investment and jobs to the province and uh, the UCP, for example, the commitment to maintaining the corporate tax at eight percent. How important is something like that? Well, I think you know when we when we released our platform um, in 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 February called Accelerate at CalgaryChamber.com, we actually advocated for two specific things on the tax side. One was to keep the tar- corporate tax rate at the eight percent level, and also to eliminate small business taxes. And so each party's one for one right now. Um, the uh, the NDP has eliminated the um, the uh, small business small. tax. They say they will eliminate small business taxes and. Uh, UCP has committed to uh, maintaining uh, corporate taxes at 8%. So they're one and one. Your thoughts on tax decisions by referendum. How do you feel about that? Well, I think, you know, we have to have, uh, we consult with the business community. Um, but when you look at governments, governments are elected to do hard things. They are elected to make policy that impacts the entire jurisdiction. And that requires looking at a number of different inputs, more so than what the average voter would have access to. Of course, mm-hmm. If anybody asked us if we wanted to raise taxes, no one would say sure. But I think that we have to recognize that, you know, we want to have consultation with the appropriate uh, institutions, whether it's, you know, think tanks and other businesses. But, uh, by, uh, you know, 
striking policy, especially tax policy by referendum is not why we elect governments. We elect them to make hard choices on the benefit for the benefit of all citizens. Over 300,000 at this point, uh, advanced votes, a couple of days. We've got a couple more right till Saturday, right? 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, but we did see, I, I saw on social media, it might have been on our text line, somebody saying, my company, for example, is frozen in time until the results of this election because it could impact us either way, depending on who gets in. Are you hearing that from uh, members of the chamber? Well, I think there's a lot of, um, you know, concern over the outcome in terms of what it means going forward. I think... Uh, the the business community is looking at you know when on a broader spectrum when you look at the the energy sector there are businesses you know the the energy sector is waiting to see who comes in what the tax credits look like from a carbon capture and storage and carbon capture utilization storage perspective there's a lot of things that have yet to be determined and until they understand who's going to be in government that will give them the the, uh, the sort of the uh, path forward in terms of how they decide to expand their businesses, allocate capital, and invest going forward. I think that's, you know, and again, we go back to the tax issue. Is our taxes going to say the same? Let's just recognize that two-thirds of Calgarians are employed by small businesses. So that mm-hmm. small businesses are a very important part of our economy. And, uh, you know, decisions are made accordingly. Yeah. Deb, we send people to calgarychamber.com slash accelerate, yes. which is accelerate driving Alberta forward. This is the provincial election platform that uh, you as representative of, but the entire Calgary Chamber of Commerce has released. And is, is that something just for the business community? Or do you think all Calgarians really should have a look at this and all Albertans as a whole? Well, we talk about things like, you know, we talk about the fiscal responsibility. We talk about economic diversification and, and competitiveness. That's something that everybody should be thinking about. You know, if you whether you're someone who's graduating or you have you're a family whose kids have gone away you want to draw them back to the province so you want economic opportunity you want to continue to diversify the economy because we know from a broad perspective we are price takers in the global context of energy pricing and so let's figure out how we make sure that we sort of insulate ourselves by continuing on that diversification path we also want to make sure that we have the talent and the labor. So what, what are the underpinnings for that to, to expand uh, the economy? So I think there's a lot of different things that we, that we advocate for that are important to everybody. The affordability factor. I mean, we are still looking at inflation, and that's something that everybody's concerned about. So what, what, are, the, what are the policies that the respective governments are going to come forward with from an affordability standpoint? And, of course, uh, strategic investments. We need to. We know that nothing lasts forever, no matter how well you build it, and so we need strategic investments in infrastructure. Wow, incredible! I want to ask you this because I know that we talk a lot about the chamber in, in broad terms as far as who should be a member, and we're now well less than a month away from the official start of summer, June twenty first. We know that a lot of businesses kind of slow down. Uh, does the chamber slow down? You know, is it uh, is busy in the summer and what sorts of things go on over the next few months? Well, obviously, we continue to engage with our members and we, we hold roundtables to understand what issues are important for them. And this is especially critical as we welcome a new government. We will be welcoming a new government. And so we want to engage with our businesses to understand what their issues are so that when we do speak to the, the, uh, the new government officials, uh, they understand what we're advocating for and why it's important. So we actually continue to consult with our business community throughout the summer. I wish it was a downtime. Mm-hmm. It really isn't. Uh, we just, we actually, once when new government means more work for us, actually. I was going to ask you about optimism because I see there's a, a you know, a stat in here in within the um, 
the Accelerate program that over the next 12 months, how optimistic are you about the future of your business? You've asked this of the Calgary business community in Canada as a whole. Calgary, very, very positive in, in terms of, you know, we're getting close to half. Anyway, that's got to be an in- improvement as we head through the end of the pandemic and, you know, we're seeing great light at the other end. You know, it's really, it's exciting to see that we are having that optimism. It's been a tough, tough road for so many businesses, large and small. And when you see the fact that we've had, you know, the influx of people into Calgary, 50,000 people coming to Calgary, boosting the population, really, we really seeing that sense of, um, of community growing again as well. And businesses are looking to expand. And I think that's really exciting, more so in Calgary than in other jurisdictions across the country. So we're looking at so many different aspects. You know, there's affordability. There's there are there's the diversification aspect that is actually really gaining a lot of momentum. And I think that people are excited about what the opportunity represents going forward because this is the, the new future for the new Alberta. Mm-hmm. We covered the fact that it's record numbers at the advanced polls. Uh, Albertans going out there, making their votes count a few days early. So the biggest question of the morning is, where will you be on the, the evening of May 29th? I know that we'll have our coverage on our TV partners at 8 p.m. on Global News on TV and, and here on QR Calgary. Are you going to be working that night or are you going to be watching? I'll be doing both. I'll be working and watching and also celebrating the convocation of, of uh, my, my son's uh, partner's uh, convocation from the University of Calgary on Monday afternoon. So Wonderful. there'll be a lot of things busy. to be. It's going to be a busy day for us. It's going to be a great day and uh, yeah, working and, uh, and watching the results. Excellent. Good stuff. Thank you so much for your time, Deborah. Appreciate your monthly visits with us. Thanks. That is Deborah Yedlin, President and CEO of the Calgary Chamber. More online, calgarychamber.com.